Welcome. Welcome. Scary masks in a zoo. It's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research, with a special pocket-sized episode about research that makes people laugh then think. Here's psychologist Jean Burko Gleason. This is a paper that has a pretty clear title. Perception of Scary Halloween Masks by Zoo Animals and Humans. One more time, please, in case anybody didn't quite believe they heard what they heard. Perception of Scary Halloween Masks by Zoo Animals and Humans. Who wrote this? Joan M. Sinnott, H. Anton Speaker, Laura A. Powell, and Kelly W. Mosteller. They're at the University of South Alabama in the USA. And this paper was published where? In the International Journal of Comparative Psychology in 2012. What's this one about? Zoo animals were tested to see if they perceived the scary nature of Halloween masks using a procedure that measured the avoidance response latency to take food from a masked human experimenter. Human perception of the masks was also assessed using a rating scale with results showing that a Bill Clinton mask was rated not scary, while a vampire mask was rated very scary. Those words you just read are unusual, aren't they? All they wanted to know was how long the animal would hesitate before taking food from somebody if that somebody had a mask on. Zoo animals were chosen as participants because unlike animals living in labs or in the wild, they are habituated to seeing a wide variety of normal human faces on a daily basis. Stimuli were chosen consisting of a real human wearing three-dimensional masks. There's some detail here about who these animals were. The participants. Ten were primates and nine were non-primates, including three carnivores, three hoofed animals, and three birds. A primate gene is... Some kind of ape. Are we primates? We certainly are. Do we react to people wearing masks? Yes, we do. There's a table here, table one, that lists the specific participants here. If you could mention the species. Chimpanzee, bonnet macaque, rhesus macaque, green baboon, gray cheek mangabe, Sykes monkey, spider monkey, cotton top tamarind, African lion, American black bear, Bactrian camel, white tailed deer, wild boar, blue gold macaque, Macaw and military macaw. Each of these animals got the treat of seeing a human wearing a scary mask appear suddenly. Yes. The stimuli were primarily 13 Halloween masks with eye holes that allowed the masked experimenter to clearly look at the test animal. There were two experimenters. They called them E1 and E2. So E1 and E2 are the two people involved in uh, bringing these surprises on the animals. E2, wearing a mask, stood behind the blind out of the animal's view. E1 started a trial by tapping his pen on the cage, thereby getting the animal's attention and causing it to approach and position itself in front of E1. E1 then said, one, two, three, go, and started a stopwatch. Upon hearing go, E2 emerged from behind the blind, offering food to the animal. During the trial, he stared directly at the animal through the mask without moving or vocalizing. A trial terminated when either A, the animal touched the food with hand or tongue, at which point E2 said okay, signaling E1 to stop the watch and record the latency, or B, E1 stopped the watch after a period of 120 seconds had passed. 
The animals either reacted to this or they didn't. The primates responded to the mask with significantly longer avoidance response latencies compared to the non-primates. When they say avoidance response latency... It just means that the primates saw the scary masks took longer to go toward the food than the non-primates. In other words, the primates were more scared. The bear and the lion and all... They didn't get as freaked out by a mask of a vampire. On a person who was staring at them through the mask. Right. That's the basic story they're telling here, but there's a whole section of the report that's then labeled an incomplete story. Right. The latency measure does not tell the whole story about our animal participants. Spontaneous vocalizations and gestures were very frequent in the primates and non-existent in the non-primates and extremely interesting to observe. These were Willie and Reba, the bonnet macaque pair, Marcel, the gray-cheeked mangabe, and Spencer, the male spider monkey. There's detail here about what each of them did. Willie and Reba simply disappeared to avoid seeing the mask by calmly retreating into their house. In contrast, Marcel and Spencer both got very excited and chose instead to mob the intruder by shaking their cages and making alarm calls and threatening facial gestures. There's not a lot of detail about the animals that are not apes or ape-like, but there's a little. A single bird, Macaw Buddy, responded to the masks with longer primate-like latencies. Buddy's origin is not well documented, but according to the zoo, he was human-raised from an egg. It is thus possible that Buddy imprinted a normal human face and was therefore unable to recognize a scary mask as an abnormal human face. And in this whole study, they also tell in a little bit of detail how they did similar things to some undergraduate students and got pretty similar results. This study, like most published scholarly studies, lists at the end of it a whole bunch of other studies that they read in preparing for this. One of them has the unusual title... Chickens Prefer Beautiful Humans, which was published in 2002 and written by S. Girlanda, L. Jansen, and M. Enquist. That study, Chickens Prefer Beautiful Humans, won an Ig Nobel Prize. But as far as I know, they never did any direct research exposing chickens to humans wearing scary masks. Chickens in scary masks? We need to do it. I like it. Would you consider trying this experiment on your cat? Actually, it would be great to try it on the cat. You know, I'm more than one cat, obviously. But you know, cats don't like to be in studies. We know that they do what they want to do. You've been listening, if you've been listening, to a special pocket-sized episode of the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research. This and other improbable research is featured in the magazine. You can buy back issues of the magazine. There are more than 150 back issues of the magazine, and in every one of them you can find all kinds of surprising research studies that probably your friends, or at least some of your friends, would love to know about. Maybe even a lot of them would. You can even subscribe to the magazine and you get six new issues a year full of improbable research. Go to our website, improbable.com. It's possible, quite possible, very possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast, we're going to look at something or other. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>